Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best bud. What's up, buddy? What's going on, brother? Nothing. I'm pretty excited about our podcast today. Um, but uh, talking about our podcast is not going to go without a little bit of ball busting because, um, once again, our friend G, also known as Gerard Kieran's, um, recommended our guest today. But for whatever reason, we can't get the man on. But he wants to bring on all of it. He wants us to bring on all his friends, but he won't jump on. With he would have been a great boxer, man. All the bobbing and weaving he does. I, you know what? That's a good call, man. <laughs> That's man. a really good call. That's come on, G. Come on, G. Get on the podcast, man. You got a story to tell. You got a story to share. You yeah. Know? But, you know, we we're thankful for all the people that he introduced us to. And, and today, you know, we have a Naha Award winner. And for those who don't know about the Alternative Show, she's been runner-up twice in, in it in London. And we've been there uh, once. Uh uh, and I mean, it's uh, an incredible, incredible venue and incredible show. And we just, we, I mean, we, we hold on. I want to hold you on that for just a sec though, because I didn't get to go to that show, but kind of like tell our, tell, tell people that are listening in, not about the alternative show necessarily, but about like walking out on the stage at the Royal Albert hall. Oh my God. It was incredible. You walk out, you know, it, 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 we didn't get to walk out until after the, after the, because we put on a presentation, kind of put on a show, right? And then you walk out and it's, it's kind of just circular and it goes straight up. And it's like, I mean, it's, it feels like you're in a movie. I mean, it, it's, it's stunning. And and, it, and these are the world's best hairdressers around you, you know, and I, I'm just lucky to be brought along uh, right. to experience that. And because uh, we were with PR and partners who, you know, they did it several years in a row. But for her to be runner up in that uh, a couple of times too just speaks volume of her guests. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a very cool event. Um, the alternative show is not only well, it was done at least in the U.S. The one that we did in Chicago, it was it was an alternative show, course, yeah. you know, an alternative show to um what's now known as uh, the ABS or the American Beauty Show. Um, it was done that same weekend, but also it was alternative in the sense that like the idea was to push the envelope. Yeah. You know, the idea was to make the hair big and make it like fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it was incredible. I mean, what we did uh, was so much fun and it's just totally out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Nice, nice, nice job there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the, yeah, the alternative show is, is amazing. I was able to do the one in Chicago, which was absolutely incredible. Um, actually, maybe, uh, maybe with uh, our guest today, we can talk a little bit about the alternative show because I don't know if it gets enough, if it gets enough credit anymore. It doesn't get enough love. You don't hear. Is it even still it. around? Do we know? It's forty years. They celebrated forty years last year. 
Okay, so that amazing voice that you hear, that's Francesca Rivetti, and she's gonna be our guest today. But um let's I mean let's 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 should we get in? Let's just yeah, get in and then we'll it. chat about it. Francesca, welcome to your day off. Thanks for thanks for making time for us, bud. Pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get our two questions over with real quick. Yeah, no, I just want to get in the conversation. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. Where are you from? Alabama. <laughs> Similar accent, but it's a little different. You know, I've been in this country for blah, blah, blah years now. And, um, you know, I get asked that. If I got a dollar every time I was asked that question, I would be a billionaire by now. So just to make light of it, I say that. And the funny thing is, some people respond, oh, wow, what art? <laughs> <laughs> Do you say uh, London? <laughs> you know, anyway, so I'm from a small town called Peterborough. It's about an hour and a half drive north of London. So in the I'm from the UK, but I'm 100% Italiana, which is hence the name Francesca Rivetti. The Rivetti part. Did you, did, how, how long, how long was your family in the UK? Oh, my mum is still there. Yeah, my mum. I don't mean that, I mean that, I mean immigrated, immigrated to the UK. How long? They immigrated, oh God, in the 50s, 55. And they had four bambinos. My mum and dad actually met in Peterborough. They didn't know each other initially. They met in the UK. And, back both them are, and both of them are like immigrants. I mean, like, like. Immigrants. immigrants. They, I couldn't speak English until I went to school at the age of five because they didn't speak English. So we spoke Italian at home. So, you know, with that came challenges. But when I went, we went to school, then they insisted that we spoke English at home because that's how they learned was through us. And yeah, we grew up in England in a very small terraced house um, in Peterborough. My mum still lives in the same house. Stop. When I go home, there's all this nostalgia around that because I go back to my old bedroom and I still have an old dressing gown hanging up on the back of the bedroom door. So it's, yeah, it's um, really cool. But yeah. Francis, were there a lot of like um in 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 um were there a lot of Italian immigrants there? Like was it was it like a town of Italian immigrants? Yeah, so Peterborough, Bedford was the the number one town with the highest Italian immigrant population, and then Peterborough was the second. Now the street that my mum still lives on, every house, every neighbor across to the side were Italian. The corner shop was run by Italians, and so was the other corner shop on the other corner. So it was like our own little Italy. So they they were surrounded by Italians all the time. The downside of that, though, was that my mum's English is so bad. I mean, she's like 84, bless her, and her English to this day is not that good, considering she's been now in England for, God, 64 years, 65 years, because they... they congregated together they worked together at all the factories or on the farm and so yes it was like little italy and every year like come um the wine season the big lorries would come over from italy with the grapes and all the italians would be bartering on the corner for like their cases of grapes and my dad made his own wine and we literally used to do the press with our feet when we were kids what in wow. our small little garden in a small terrace house in Peterborough. <laughs> any uh, any Frank Gambinos or Al Capones? Uh... <laughs> uh, not that I was aware of. I'm sure they I'm sure they uh, existed, but I wasn't aware of them. That's pretty cool, man. You know, like you you certainly we certainly like think of like the Italian immigration story, like in the U.S. You know, like 
be it New York or wherever, you know, but, but, I, you know, obviously we're not the only country that people immigrated to. Uh, it's funny because when I, when I used to do a lot of hair shows on the road and I was on stage and I, I would introduce, you know, I'd be introduced or introduce myself, people, I could see their baffling questioning look on their face, but wait a minute, she's got a British accent, but she's got an Italian name. And they, they couldn't fathom that. And they didn't realize that the Italians also went to England and not just the US and also Australia. So we, uh, you know, we had a very strong Italian um, congregation in the UK. I'm surprised there's anyone left in Italy. Do you, st do you still speak Italian? Uh, certo, certissimo, parlo abbastanza bene. I think that was a yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how so how did you end up or when did you come to Philly? I came to Philly. Oh, when did I come to Philly? I think 97. I came to the States in 91 with Graham Webb International. I was part of their uh, creative team for the product division. And I came over in 91. I was part of the team. I traveled all over, lived in many different places. And it wasn't intentional to come to Philly. It was just by accident and my plan was to leave Philly but every time I left it and came back I started to like it even more when I mean leave it it was like every time I traveled and was on the road and came back I was like oh it's not so bad one of the things I love about Philly it's so diverse such a diverse uh, culture amazing food great art scene it reminds me a lot of England because of the red brick the narrow streets the, the parks really when my brother comes to visit me who he lives in Northern Cal when he comes to visit me, he feels like he's in London. Oh, wow. It reminds him a lot of London because of the the, the history here. And, uh, you know, and also I'm only 20 minutes from the airport, so it's a great escape. It's easy to escape when I need to or want to. And for you, Philly, Philly airport, the, the Philly airport is pretty, uh, you know, located pretty close to downtown. Unlike, yeah. unlike all our airports, I guess mm -hmm. if you lived in Baltimore, I guess BWI is pretty close. But the rest of well, I guess national DC, yeah, uh, you know, just for me, I guess. So, so, um, do you? Uh, how did you get into the hair industry? How did you find the hair industry? Oh, lovely! I I started putting rollers in my mum's hair when I was a little girl, and I would stand on the toilet seat cover trying to put rollers in her hair, and she would like you know shun me off because I said, "Mummy, I want to do it." <laughs> I think it was always in me. And then I never forget one day she went to go and get her hair done. Back then, we're talking the 60s. You either had it bleached, fried, and platinum, or they did it really dark. There was very little in between. And I never forget she came home and her hair was so dark. And I was like, wow. I was like taken by it. And she's rinsing out, she's freaking out because dad's coming home and her hair is like almost black and I saw this dark water rinse out of her hair and I was so excited about this dark water coming out of my mum's hair and my first haircut I was about 14 years old and I made my sister sit down and I did my first haircut with kitchen scissors no younger sister I still have a sister <laughs> we're still we're still talking many years later but I was like sit down I want to do this I want to try it but my parents obviously did not want me to be a hairdresser. They, they sent me to secretarial school. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Did I that's <laughs> you're so far, you're so I opposite know. of that. She kind of exactly. So yeah. I went to this secretarial school, and my first job when I left school was in an office. And uh, but on Saturdays I worked in a, the local salon up the road because that's how much I like doing hair. Wow. So then 
I got fired from my job because we only had two income in lines. And guess who occupied those two income in lines all the time? With my friends. <laughs> Making appointments for Saturday. <laughs> so I got fired from that job. And then I slowly etched my way into the industry. Wow, that's incredible, man. Yeah. But, but but when you finally got in, how did, how did your parents feel? Did they finally accept it? He was like, oh, you're not going to make any money. You're going to be on your feet all day, you know. And I mean, look at me. I've gone, I've come so far in the industry. And, um, you know, and he, so he was really proud. I mean, he's, um, he passed away a few years ago, but he was really proud of all my accomplishments. So I'm glad he got to witness some of that. But my first job was back in the 70s was in a sweaty Betty type little salon. It was called Petite Salon because it was tiny. And you knew what day and time it was by who was sitting under the hood, pink hood dryer. We had a whole bank of pink hood dryers. So you knew if Mrs. Smith was in, oh, it's Wednesday, 10 a.m. because Mrs. Smith is here. And Mary, the owner to this day, she could tease hair that it would be 10 feet off the head. And then managed to smooth it out and pull it into the amazing shape, like a cottage loaf, a plea, whatever. I mean, it was impressive. And I was just sharing this story yesterday to my um, students here that taken the reset class. That back then they didn't shape hair; they cut like she would when she was doing a perm or a roller stick, because that's what they did. If she knew if it, if it was too long, she would just whack it off and, and roll it. That's what they did. There was not like a, there wasn't like a, a method or structure. Oh, this looks too long. She would cut it off and then roll it in the perm or roll it with a roller set. Whoa, that's so crazy. I've got some, I've got some interesting memories. And I can remember sitting on those dryer banks, looking at the hairdresser's journal, which you may or may not be familiar with. It is the UK's number one trade magazine. It's a weekly magazine. And I would look through that and look at all these images. I'm going, wow, how do you do that? You know, and now fast forward, I'm doing that. So incredible. Who, yeah. are your, who are your, who are your hair? Who are your hair heroes? Uh, definitely. Like, really, by the way, that's a really hard sentence. I want a little bit of credit for saying that sentence because that was a really hard <laughs> sentence to get out. Yeah. <laughs> who are your hair heroes? Well, I love Sharon Blaine. And as you know, she's she's retiring this year. I don't know if you know that. Um, Trevor Sorby, of course, of the Elsa Soon background. Um, Vivian McKinder, really love her work too. And actually, I'm going to say me as well, because I have worked hard at becoming who I am. And you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of mistakes, you know, a lot of letdowns, and and then you know, and it's so great. I mean, I'm at a place now that I feel full, and I feel so happy inside. I just absolutely love the industry still. I'm so passionate about it. So you know, here we are on my day off, but mm -hmm. it's not a day off because I'm actually teaching a two day reset, which was Sunday yesterday, and day two is today. What? But I don't mind because I love doing it. And I think when you're not doing something, it doesn't matter. You don't have a day off. It, do, it doesn't matter if you have a day off. And, you know, you've all heard the, the quote, if you're, if you're passionate and love what you do, then you never work a day in your life. Or you work harder. I don't know. <laughs> I love coming back in many ways with my teaching. I love to teach. It's a passion of mine. Uh, I just love to impart my knowledge. Have, have you ever had a chance to meet your hair, uh, hair heroes or had a chance to work with them? Oh, that's a great, no. 
actually. I mean, I've seen Vivian McKinder on stage. I've not, I can't kick her myself right now because I know Sharon Blaine, that all her courses uh, on tour are sold out. Uh, and this is her last year doing it. And I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't sign up for the one in New York. Um, but I definitely will invest in her book. She just launched a book, which looks amazing. Um, so no, I haven't met them, but I, I totally, you know, I, I idolize them from afar. I stalk them. You know, I, I always want to see what they're up to. And they definitely inspire me. That's us. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely us. Hey, on that note, I, I want to give a real, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, to Anthony Whitaker. Um, Anthony Whitaker is the host of the Grow My Salon podcast, and he just had Trevor Sorby on. And for those for those that don't know, Trevor Sorby is at the end of his life, and 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 him and Anthony uh, talked about it um, quite a bit, and it was it was a pretty emotional um, um, episode. So you know, if you're listening in and, and you're interested in, in in what Trevor's up to these days, I, I highly highly recommend um, listening to that podcast. It, it was it was a really really good one. Um, we had Trevor on a couple of years ago, and then um, Anthony has has uh had trevor on or has had trevor on you know a couple weeks ago weeks ago and uh it, it's a really good emotional podcast so shout out to anthony whitaker for um for for that because uh it, it was a great episode oh i'd love to listen to that absolutely it's it's it, it, it's a really really good one and trevor was like the last 10 minutes of the podcast like i'm not gonna lie i was a little emotional you know of him talking about his purpose and 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 and, and, and what his entire career has meant to him you know it was like it, it was it, it was pretty it was pretty remarkable awesome. and not not to bring down the conversation there but, <laughs> but i just there was no way i could not i could not say it because it's, oh. it's just so, it's just it's just so good yeah we yeah like uh we had trevor on a couple years ago and for us like we're like a half a generation past the vidal sassoon thing you know so like our idol was trevor you know so um when we were able to bring him on um we had vivian on and then vivian actually introduced us to trevor is that how it went down yeah or was it chris I can't well, remember it or both well, of Chris them. is the one that set it all up, but then we had uh Vivian Vivian on, and then we had Trevor on, and we had Vivian listen to the podcast. She was a part of the podcast, but quiet until the very end when we reunited them. And he hasn't yeah, it was it, it was amazing. I haven't watched that. Send me the link to that. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely send you the link to that to that podcast. It was very, it was very, very cool. I, Trevor for me was, I think. No, I came into the industry in the 70s, mid-70s. And if you weren't cut in a clean line, it was considered a bad haircut, period. So the discipline to create those, as you can see, those timeless classic shapes, I didn't invent them, but I've mastered them over the years. And we all know the legendary Vidal Sassoon and his team, which Trevor Sorby was a part of, uh, created those timeless classic shapes that really have set us up for our foundations. And, but... When when I became aware of Travis Walker, I just he was more out of the box as well, and I related to him more. But I, for me, the way that I, I title myself is I am a rebellion disciplinarian, mm. hairstylist, and educator. The reason why I say that is because if anybody wants to break the rules, it's me. <laughs> you know, I love thinking out of the box. I love to come up with creative stuff and look at fibers and what can I do with that? I don't know if you ever saw my mop collection, which won me, uh, not when it got me a nomination for Naha a couple of years ago. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I, I just look at something, what can I do with that? You know, before I throw anything out, I, I always assess, what can I do with this? How can I make this work? How can I, what can I create out of this? Because creating is bringing an idea to life, 
bringing an object to life and that and love giving birth to, to collections that to me is one, what it's like if, if you know what I mean that's where the passion is it's like it's an idea here then it comes to fruition and so but what I love about being uh, fundamentally classically trained is it keeps me grounded as a haircutter, as a hairstylist behind the chair, because I also work behind the chair as well. And it keeps me grounded. And that's why I love to teach it, because it keeps me grounded as a hairdresser. Because, you know, when you teach, you learn. Sure, yeah. You're in a student mode as well. And so, yeah, I'm all about, uh, you know, thinking further out. And creativity is like a muscle. If we don't go to the gym and we don't, pump our muscles what happens it gets all weak and a little bit jiggly right i'm, I'm glad i'm wearing a, a belt <laughs> you see my jiggle <laughs> she's hiding the jiggles <laughs> so to me it's like when people say well how do you do creativity it's a muscle you have to pump it you have to work it the more you think of ideas and you nurture the ideas i guarantee they'll come they'll come a little bit more easier a little bit more often but you, you i think you, you can inspire someone but you can't teach them to be creative you can inspire them. And, and, it's, and it's always great. You you should understand the laws before you break break them. You know, those rules. So make me, I just, my favorite quote, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. Pablo Picasso. Oh, I yeah. use that all the time. And when I use that, whether it's on the, from the stage or classroom, there are always light bulb moments that go off. Mm, I do, love. Do, how many Nahas have you uh, entered? Oh, entered? Oh, God. I'm not going to say hundreds, so there's not many hundreds. I've entered almost every year. I won in my first Naha. I won in 2004 for editorial. I was nominated twice the following year in two different categories. And then I got nothing. And I entered every year. And I got nothing for years. And then not last year, but the two years prior in a row, I nominated for um, avant-garde. So I love doing photo shoots, my passion. And so I always think well, if I'm going to do a photo shoot, I will always do at least three looks. Mm. Sometimes I do a photo shoot with Naha in mind, but so more often than not, I do a photo shoot because I want to do it. And then when I look at the finished product, but, all right, which category would this fit best for Naha? So, mm. you know, when you do a photo shoot, it takes a lot of planning to do a photo shoot. You may as well get three looks and create a collection rather than just do one model. Yeah, when you go, when you scroll through your, oh, I mean, just your work, I mean, you can't help but be blown away. Oh. I mean, it is so beautiful. It's it's so, I mean, creatively, technically, and you can you can feel it all. It, it, it's stunning. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It truly is inspiring. I just love it. I love to cut hair, color hair, put it up, put it down, put it in, put it out. I love it all. I just, I don't like to say the word, no, I can't, mm. but I'll choose to do it or not. Yeah. But I don't want to say I can't do that because I think that word should be, you know, eliminated, eliminated from our vocabulary anyway. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, more, I'm definitely the glass is half full kind of girl. <laughs> and when I teach, I bring up so much energy and positiveness to my students and bring them up. You know, and because I believe that what's available to me is available to you, is available to our audience. 
Yeah, I mean that word. That word can't. If if somebody's done it, it can it can be done, right? It's just, it's just, you know, figuring out you know how to do it. So um, you know, if if it's been done, it can be done. Yeah. So, yeah. So photo shoots is really my jam. That's like my. So, whole... you, so, so with the photo shoots, do you use the same photographer? Or do you pick up photographers? No, different photographers and you know because because i've been in philly a long time now i've got a reputation in the art scene like oh, we've heard about your reputation there yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> people want to work with me <laughs> in more ways than one <laughs> but you know i'm out there i network i go to art galleries openings i you know, Instagram is awesome. It's my portfolio. I don't carry business cards. I scout models myself. I prefer to find my own models than to go through an agency. And I'm I've been blessed because I've 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 attracted awesomeness, like awesome people that want to work on the same. They think of the same. You have to have everyone to be on the same page passionately. If they're not, don't do the shoe. You'll ruin the shoe. So, um. I work with different people. It's whoever's available or whoever fits that mold. Um, but it, it's that's all part of the photo. A photo shoot is like a production. It's like a movie. You've got to find the cast, and you've got to come up with the concept. You know, there's a lot that goes into a photo shoot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So when you do a photo shoot, um, when Francesca does a photo shoot, are you the director or like, are you, are you collaborating with, with the, uh, with the photographer going like, you know, can, you know, is it a collaboration as far as like what the end result is, or is it, do you have something in mind? Absolutely. It's, um, what I do is when we do a photo shoot, we book it out two or three months in advance. We all collectively, that means makeup, hair, wardrobe photographer stylist if you're using a stylist we make we make sure that everyone's got it on their calendar the date is set and you have nothing else going on you can't leave at five o'clock because i've got to go and pick up johnny no you've got to be available all day and then i work backwards so then that gives you time to work on the concept to create a storyboard a storyboard on lighting on the mood on you know coloring on makeup everything so everybody's on the same page and then it actually just flows really well then because everybody's been part of it and it's their collaboration it's our collaboration it's not my shoe it's our photo shoot and the models i get them involved it's, it's, it's like we become one big family before the actual shoot day and the excitement everybody's so excited you know, because like I, I work with models ahead. I coach them on how to pose and how to breathe and, you know, kind of looks. And we have our poses set. Like, do I want you to be front or semi-front or side? Because especially if you're doing a, coll- a collection for Naha, you know, typically most of the um, categories are, are three looks. There's only a couple that are five images. 
So you've got to look at, well, how are those three going to look? How are you going to present them? So I always look at the pose. One of the first things I do, what angle do I want these, these three? And how do I want it to look as a trio? So then I build my hair around that. Because if you don't want to be messing around on the left side, if, she, if the right side is going to be her look. So there's a lot that goes into the whole thought process of it. And uh, no, by the time shoot day comes, everybody's super psyched on board. It's awesome. And we have a good, we have an amazing time on, on set. We cry when we get the, you just know when you get the shot. Like when, when you look at the mock collection and the girl um, went like this, we didn't ask her to do that. She looked at herself in the mirror. She, I know who she channeled, but also she turned around and she went, and we went, oh my God, that's it. Do that again. It was, and every, now I have it blown up at home on my wall. Every time I see it, I get the chills when I see it. And we, we all, all of us on set felt that. And we said, that's it. That's the shot. If you just feel it, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And because I love doing photos, I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I've organized a program I'm doing in Italy. In Italian? Well, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, luckily I speak Italian, but so we could have a little Italian lesson. Um, may I expand on it a little bit right at this point? Absolutely. Absolutely. Your hour. It's called A Hairstylist Creative Escape. Eat, play, learn. It's a five-day program. It's September 10th through the 16th. So it's a mon Monday through Friday. I'm going to work backwards. You know I love doing photo shoots. I also love Italy. I love Vino, and I love Italy. Just period. There's no, well, there's not nothing to look about Italy, right? So I'm like, well, why don't we put it all together? So on Friday, the last day, we're doing a photo shoot, which will be all day. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning for three hours, we're doing hair art creations. We're making hair pieces for the theme that we're putting together. And then we're, doing, we're going to do a cooking class. We're going wine tasting. We have an art, a tour guide taking us on a tour guide. It's going to be in Florence, Firenze in Italy. We're doing a tour guide, art tour. Uh, and all this is happening that week. It's going to be absolutely incredible. We had our first Zoom meeting two weeks ago. We have our second Zoom meeting this Thursday. So now that we've got people coming in to do the course, uh, we're meeting regularly so that we can start building the momentum and also start building the idea of what the theme will be. And the reason why I'm doing it that way, because I'm bringing all the props, you know, the hair, hair pieces, the wigs or the hair extensions, whatever. So I need to really narrow it down and know exactly what I'm bringing with, with me to this awesome program. It's going to be amazing. I'm when sorry. Is, when is this happening? This year, September 10th through the 16th. Eight weeks of people, there's still room for two more if anybody wants to join us. And they can DM me on Instagram, uh, Francesca Rovetti underscore Hera, or my website, francescarovetti.com. And it's just going to be brilliant, absolutely brilliant. What an incredible opportunity. I know. You know what? I, I got I was getting excited as she was talking because I think we've kind of like changed what like what like a hair class or a hair show is because I love that it's it's so well rounded. I love that 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 it's the sense of community, not just come in and learn like how to do X. You know, it's a sense of community and, and as an industry, um and, and certainly Tony and I have um ha have tried to keep the focus on um you know the community of hairstylists. 
you know, and, and I just, I love that, that this is kind of, we did hair love a couple of times and, and hair love is very much about, about the hair community. And, um, I just, I, I'm very excited for where we are. Al Vanessa Rose was telling me about hair love. Yeah. Hair, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Vanessa Rose, of course. Um, you guys went on a kayaking trip. We did it. We almost drowned because it, 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 there was like a, this monsoon that happened in the middle of kayaking in the lake. I mean, it poured, it was bouncing off, the rain was bouncing off the river and attacking us like needles. It was crazy, but so exciting at the same time. <laughs> that happened to me on a boat one time in, in the middle of Deep Creek. I don't know where it started like just thundering lightning and a little bit of sleet and you're in the middle of this lake trying to make it back to the dock and it's like it's people were paddling like crazy trying to get under trees trying to get under a tree and the water was so choppy i was hanging onto it i was hanging <laughs> onto the tree so you have um, life vest <laughs> yes thank god i did i had the life vest on yeah. yeah uh but you know what let me tell you something we were never ever so present that mm. was we were so present because we had to be, you know, but it was hilarious. We laughed so hard about the whole thing afterwards, you know, but that's yeah, nice <laughs> Oh my God. That, that's amazing. So always be a part of your story now. That's, that's <laughs> right. So we bonded on another level. <laughs> yeah. you, listen, you, you always, when things get tough, that's where the bonds come in, man. You know, that's it, right. Exactly. You know, like, like that's why, that's why uh, 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 the football players are athletes and, and, and military are together, you know, Francesca, where, where were you with Graham Webb? How do we miss you? How do, how do, how do we miss each other? I don't know. How was that so? Well, you know, I came over with the product division, so I wasn't based at the academy. I was, I was on the road all the time and I was part of their creative team. You know, Irene, remember Irene Meikle? Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, she was a creative director, and she and I, and with, with uh, other members of the creative team, would create haircut collections for the product division. And then it was, I only taught at the academy once in a while, and mainly that, that was when we did the boot camp training for our regional and district educators that worked for the product division. So I really wasn't at the, the academy that often. So maybe that's why. And I'm because Jared was already living here, so I met G from the Graham Web circle. Yeah, we we met G in London actually. Oh, we, for the first time. Yeah, for the first time we were in London, and then he um and then he came to the U.S. like within a month or something. It was like, oh yeah, look, our dudes here, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Graham Web offered you know an opportunity to go to London to the school in London uh, for a few weeks uh, and learn because uh, you know there. And he gave us a great tour of the House of Parliament and all these special tours throughout England. That's amazing. Yeah. He is an amazing human being. You should try and get him on your show, actually. Who, Mr. Graham Webb? We had. We have. We've had Graham Webb. But come on, Francesca. This is oh. our first rodeo. All right. Well, maybe bring him back. I don't know. What, do you know how you remember Ice Cap? Yes, I loved Ice Cap. Do you, do you know how he came? Uh, to create create that product uh no tell right, me you have, to, you have to go listen to the podcast yeah, sorry listen to it right, but i do remember if you use it in the shower oh it burns yeah <laughs> he, all it, your parts <laughs> but he was in the hospital when he was in the hospital and they used to put that cold 
press on his head. And that's, and he was like, it was so invigorating. He was, th he thought like, how can I create that in a hair product? And that's how he came up with ice cap. It was a top selling product ice cap. Oh, loved it. I, I loved remember it. we had those little round brushes, uh, natural brushes and do the little, little head the scalp, the scalp uh, treatments. Uh, yeah. okay. Sometimes it was too much for the client, right? Cause it really too much for me. It was a tingly product. And anyway, so um, Joy just walked in by the way, just to let you know. Hi, Joy. Uh, hi, Joy. <laughs> um so that's uh i mean back to that uh, back to the gram episode that we did um promoting podcasts here but um we had a we had a really emotional kind of like ending to that as well um he just uh he talked about when um when Lord, what, what who was a procter and gamble yeah. Um, moonlighted, moonlighted his product, you know, and he was like, he got pretty emotional about that. But also an interesting story about him um, is that apparently Amy Winehouse used to sing in his house. Um, his kids are all highly musically talented. They are amazing. The daughters, uh, the Web sisters, they, they've done backing vocals for Leonard Cohen. They traveled with Tom Petty. And, you know, Graham is amazing because... Um, Every time his kids would be traveling through Philly, he would always ring me or email me. I've got two tickets for you. Go and see them, which was, you know, amazing that he would still think of you like so many years later. Yeah. He's, a, he's an incredible human being. He really is. Well, Graham, if you listen to this episode, if they ever come to DC, you know, we will take, we'll take two tickets for whatever. <laughs> well, he invited us to come hang out in London. Uh, and same with Trevor uh, when yeah. we had him on the podcast. But unfortunately, with, we got to get over there you should go to the alternative hair show and report live from there it's, it's coming up in october oh we can't do october unfortunately uh, uh well, well maybe we should plan that before we just we need to figure out we need to figure out how we can get in and how we can uh how we can broadcast from there i would love to broadcast from there that would be fantastic is it still at the royal albert hall um, last year it wasn't. Now I don't know if they're going back to it this year, but I forget. I think it's called the Troxy. It was a really cool venue, but it was not the Royal Albert Hall. Right. Yeah. Well, nothing is. I, uh, I can remember going there years ago to see, you know, after Salon International, going to see the alternative, and I'm like blown away by the artistry. Right. It's just like unbelievable the work that these teams produce, and I remember sitting there going. Oh my God! How do you how do you get to be part of this? And then, boom! Two years in a row, I'm, I become a finalist. That's cool. <laughs> That's really incredible. Cool. That is yeah. really cool. We uh we we did like I said we did the one in Chicago and 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 it was kind of cool to be we were young we were young young hairdressers at the time and it was very cool to kind of be there with all your heroes and not just there but like actually watching them work you know behind stage. Okay. And like, and like being and being on like parallel with them because we were working, you know, backstage as well. Um, um, yeah, backstage is the best. If you anybody ever gets the opportunity to assist backstage, take that offer because you will learn so much backstage. Yeah. So much. Yeah, for sure. And I also recommend you getting there early because if you're gonna fan out, you know, fan out early so you don't miss so you're not fanning out when you have the opportunity to learn. Are you part of a team like the alternative show? It's kind of like your hair your hair photo shoot, right? I mean, you gotta plan uh, uh kind of a, a a presentation and it's uh how, how do you how do you prepare for something like that well last year was crazy because i was actually in italy on holiday because i love italy 
when I got the announcement that I'm a finalist and then you have to submit a photo and there's only three categories and there are, guess what? No rules. Awesome. No, absolutely no rules for either categories, either avant-garde, cut and color or men's and that's it. So I got the notification I was in this year and I was coming back like the next week and we, I had two weeks. So then you have to do a video. Then they come up with a theme. So last year was some kind of iconic theme and you had to do a one up to a one minute video based on that theme and then submit that. And then that got, so, and what I did this amazing uh, look, uh, my inspiration was Audrey Hepburn. So it's actually somewhere on my Instagram. Uh, it's definitely on my YouTube channel. And, um, but we you know we pulled it together. The first thing I did was I called the, my photographer who does video, video uh, videography as well. Told him about, I'm calling him from Italy, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm in Italia. Now I'm like planning a photo shoot, a video shoot. So yes, we've got the date on the calendar. Then I got to call the model, make sure she's available. And then that was it. And I came back and then I had to go hot and heavy right into it and make the pieces and create the look and then produce. But it's amazing what you can do with such short notice when you have resources. Yeah, I think David Bowie uh, sang a song about that called Under Pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Under Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, here for the last 40 minutes, we've seen this big sign behind you that says the reset. What, what, what What's reset in, in, in chat? And you also mentioned it, that you're doing a class of reset. What's the reset? So reset is a program I put together last year, and it's a program to bring us back to our classical global fundamentals so it's revisiting our skill set i know that most schools in the u.s do not teach much cutting if at all they probably just skim over the surface so and it really saddens me that individuals pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go to school just to get a piece of paper and then they can't even hold their scissors at the end of it so it's a program I've been thinking about for the longest time, and then it came together last year. And I just think it's such a, it speaks volumes, the name it's Reset, is to, we have to stop and we reset. So it's for anyone in the industry, any haircutter in the industry, regardless of level of experience. But especially if you're recently graduating, this is something that I highly recommend people invest in, but it's for anyone. I've got such an eclectic a uh, group of lovely ladies with me this weekend with different backgrounds and different levels of experience, but we're all on the same page when we're doing the reset. So it's it's a way to like come back and rethink, revisit and refresh our skill set because I, I do feel that hair cutting is becoming a lost art. Yeah, and, and how often do you offer this? Uh, this has been my first year. So um, I, I'm going to be offering it every month in my studio. You can bring me to your studio. Uh, and I've also put together a two-hour video, which is going to go on my website soon. So if they can't make it, there's a plethora of information and techniques. And I'm on there doing the haircuts as well. So they can invest in that video also. Uh, and But the best way to do it is hands-on workshop. You know, you know how many How many days is it? It's two days. It's boot camp style. So when I say boot camp style, we don't stop. We don't stop for lunch. We, we just have a little nibble, and I do a demo. And the morning we go, we revisit the head shape. I spend at least an hour talking about the reference points of the head shape. 
where does hair lay and live when you release it? Because every section lives somewhere. And the disciplines of hair chi, what I call hair chi, and that is the practice of positive posture. And what, what, why do we do that? Because you have to be eye line to action line when you're cutting hair. If you're doing a bob and your line is here and you're looking there, you're not going to get a clean, precise line. So there's a lot of, it's all about the disciplines. It's revisiting the disciplines and the girls are loving it. That I promise you, if you do your hair cheat, you'll thank me for it because you'll get a stronger back, you get stronger legs. You know, you take, you keep that core engaged. You keep that A-frame, you lunge left and right and you really move into the flow of your haircut. So we talk about scissor ergonomics, how to hold your scissors, how to flip the scissors. I mean, it's a whole uh process that we go through before we do the class and when they sign up for the class and they've paid in full what I do or what I've done which seems to be really working is I put a video together called call to action and it's a call to action on hair chi on scissor ergonomics and I forget what else something else is for them to prep before class so they become familiar because a lot of that is uncomfortable for some people when they haven't flipped their scissors or haven't used their body it more effectively so it's a way for them to prep before class and you know practice makes progress if you don't prep and practice then that's on you right so reset is the class for anyone but i can guarantee anyone that takes it a couple of things that will do it, it will definitely boost your confidence after mm. that yeah, maybe uh after vivian's uh podcast i went up to her uh residence and we did a razor class with her maybe we'll go up and uh we'll, we'll do the reset I was class with you. I was literally just thinking like like I haven't I haven't cut hair since ninety-five and I wonder like it would I be would, the last thing I'd want to do would be to slow the class down. You know what I mean? Uh, oh no. But you know the reason what reset it's not solely about the line. So there's reset one, two, and three. Reset one is line work, the one length shapes, your classic shapes, your what you're seeing behind the A line, the square, and the halo page boy. Bob. And then we progress into graduation in the second class and layering and face framing. And then we break the rules in the third class. So we learn the rules like a pro so we can break them like an artist. So if you did the entire reset program, it's three classes. So it's not just the, it's not just the first class. I mean, the one class. We focus on reset one and then we progress the next year i'll be introducing reset two as well as reset three so ideally you would have to take reset one and progress that way and it's an it's a gift that you're giving yourself it's an investment that you're giving yourself and it's obviously then it's up to you as an individual to maintain that skill set behind your chair we can all get we all lose our way at times so that's what reset will do it will bring you back to a comfortable place and definitely boost your confidence. But reset isn't solely about the shapes you're seeing behind me. It's about you. These disciplines should apply to every every haircut you do. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with all of that. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about it, and that's my baby right now, as well as photo shoots. So I've got another baby. <laughs> so, it. so yeah. I mean, tell tell our people how they can find you how can they follow you how can they learn more about the reset sure well on instagram it's francesca rivetti underscore hair art or you can go to my website francesca rivetti.com there's information there about reset as well as the italy everything's on there we're going to be adding more programs this year i've hired somebody to help me with all the admin side and the 
behind the scenes, you know, the computer stuff. Because <laughs> I'm getting to the point now, it's too much for me to do everything. And I do all my own videos and my own video editing as well. So there's that part. So everything that you see me post, I I create, but it's taken, it takes a lot of work to keep up to date with all your social media. But it's a gift that you give yourself and everyone that's taken it has just said it's made such a difference in their life. You know, after the, the after effects of it. And so that's why I like reset. So the way I'm teaching, look, before you pick up your scissors, reset. Think, reset. What am I doing? Oh, yeah, I've got an A-frame. I've got to be eye-line to action-line. Why is your why is your one that Bob look graduated? Because you're not eye-line to action-line. You know, I love that word because I would have never thought that, right? Like yeah. eyeline to action line, but it makes sense. Like if you're looking down at an angle, just for you to be able to see it, you're going to add graduation. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's a lot because people aren't used to using their body. So like yesterday, I said, are you uncomfortable? They all said, yes, they're good. You're meant to be uncomfortable. Mm. And it will feel uncomfortable until it becomes comfortable. And mastering your skills is not learning a skill. Mastering is continuous, repetitively, executing it until you get it down to the point where you could do it with your eyes closed. That mm -hmm. to me is what mastering is. So this, this course is for anyone that's really serious about changing their game. Yeah. What, what's that, there, there's a great quote that uh, it's been all over uh, Instagram recently was like uh, mastering isn't, isn't learning a new school skill or making a mistake. It's not, not making a mistake. It's, it's doing it often enough. So you can't make a mistake or. or yes. Exactly. That's what, that's how I look at uh, mastering your skills. And I'll say like with the haircuts behind me, I didn't invent them, but I've mastered the haircuts. I love it. And now uh, you're it with yeah. So before I do that, that like say, well, any one of those shapes, I reset. Well, you know, what's amazing about those looks behind you. And, and for those people that are just listening in, she's got these, um, you know, these, these really like strong, like Bob shapes, but I don't care what the trend is. If you get a really beautiful like bob shape like it's just it's just amazing i know it's timeless it's timeless right and you can see the mannequin on the stand behind us uh these are what the girls created yesterday so today we're moved we're progressing on to the square bob and then progressing on to the halo i love it and the one on your left shoulder is those are the ones that you've done uh my left shoulder no the ones right at the back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are, those are the wigs that I did on Amelia, the model for the reset. Yeah. yeah. And then the, on the mannequins here, these are what um, Anna, Joy, and Victoria did yesterday. Gotcha. So brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Francesca, dude. Well, first, G, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you, G. <laughs> that was a quick hour. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Oh, my God. We had fun. Yeah, we did have fun. We absolutely yeah. had Especially, fun. Especially, you're so busy, and we were, we're so appreciative that you gave us, you know, an hour of your time. and, and In it, the middle of a class. Yeah. In the middle of a class day, you know, like it did. Yeah, hopefully we'll be on that side soon. Oh, uh, well, yeah. you know where to find me, and I would love to have you. So thank you very much for having me on your awesome podcast, guys. Francesca, thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us. And thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.